And this is Chris from Brothers Speed Podcast, where we interview the innovator, the daring, and the bold, providing informative topics for the black LGBT. And, you know, I have a very interesting guest. Matter of fact, I've actually had a very interesting week <laughs> because I just uh, had my interview with Chichi LaRue and I'm talking about Noir Mail. And next thing you know, I wound up getting another uh, very important adult film star within the industry, Mr. XL. How you doing, XL? Hey, I'm pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you know how long it's actually taken me to actually try to get someone from the adult film industry on this show. It took a while. It took longer than expected. So I'm actually glad you got on the show here. You know, what I want to do with this particular podcast is just kind of let people understand what it is and what it actually takes, really, and what things have you actually normally seen being an adult film star. You know, I just uh, got through having an interview with uh, Chichi LaRue the other day. And by the way, she definitely raves about you. She definitely <laughs> couldn't wait to, you know, have a, a scenes with you, apparently, with uh, working with you before. So that was a good thing to actually hear about. And so I did mention the fact that we're going to have an interview. And, but also I asked her in regards to some differences that she came across, you know, working with African-American males. What's the differences that some of them may have complained about, et cetera, just to kind of understand, is there or a difference in the industry? So. You're probably the best person to kind of go through that and kind of get people to understand it. It's fair. Okay, of course, fair. Sure. Okay. I'll do my best in trying to answer those questions. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, first off, your career did now. From what I read, it did it start in 2015. Um. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it kind of started. If I'm being honest, maybe after I graduated high school, because that's when I kind of you know came to my own understanding of uh, how I wanted to express my sexuality. So I kind of created an XTube account um, right after I turned 18, and it kind of started from that pretty much. And then I, you know, got more knowledge, and I was able to kind of apply to studios that I wanted to work with. And, you know, it started from there. But I will say maybe 2011. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of. So it sounded like to me it started private, very much on a private level of your own. Right. Okay. Yeah. But was was there? I mean, I don't, I don't mean to brag, but I was pretty popular on X2 starting out, which kind of gave me that kind of drive to say, "Hey, I can do this. Like, I can apply to any studio and you know have fun and you know kind of work from from there." Okay, and so basically, from that popularity, so you already well, in many ways, if you really think about it, you've actually started to develop your audience base before you even really entered the industry. Yeah, in a, in a way, yeah. I didn't know that at first. I was just creating content. And then I noticed it's like once you create the content, people want to see it, you know, and you just got to keep it up. So when it came down to the first professional uh, scene that you've actually done, what, what, what studios was that with? Uh, my first scene ever was with a studio called Tagus.com. Um, that was when I first moved to Atlanta. And that was, it had to be about 2000. Well, that'd be like in 2012. It was, it was some years ago. Okay, okay. So in comparison to what your first experience was working with the studio, you know, getting the jitterbugs and, well, first off, what was your first experience like? What was it? Well, um, honestly, I was really nervous. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really want to do uh, adult film work. I was really nervous about it. I didn't like the way my body looked. I was really insecure. Um, and so I went to the set and I, I remember it was like a condom shoot, so I brought XL condoms. And my director was like, okay, well, we need a name for you. So, you know, he was like, well, you know, you're like the first model to bring on condoms, so we'll call you XL. And <laughs> it, it, I mean, no lie, it literally started from, like, you know, XL Magnum. Are you serious? I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, you know, it's two letters, it's simple. People can't really Google it at the time. I picked that name so people wouldn't be able to find me because I was very private. I didn't really want fame. I just wanted the money from, you know, doing porn. I didn't really care about being uh, recognized or acknowledged, but, you know, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's that's kind of interesting. So your name came from the condom. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and it, and it pretty much stuck from there. I mean, well, let me ask you, was the money... I mean, in comparison to then and now, is the is the money of it is, is that really attractive for a lot of guys to come into the industry? Not at the moment. I will probably 
go out and say you will not get paid as well as you should have gotten paid, you know, maybe three years ago. Three years ago is probably the limit. That's when I would say, hey, people can join the studio. They can apply to foreign play. They can probably make a decent amount. They, you know, pay off student loans like I did. Whatever they want to do. Nowadays, it barely pays. It's like the minimum. They give you the minimum amount. You normally have to pay for your own travel to go to those shoots if they are out of state, if they don't know you, you know. So it's it's absolutely hard. It's like it should. You get paid pennies. Whoa. I mean, honestly, yes. Anybody, any model, any black model, I feel, would comment on the payment aspect of it. Now, it does vary. There's, you know, different pay grades for different studios. Like mainstream white studios obviously pay more. You know, that's just one difference. So so wait a minute. So, I mean, is it that, is it because of the fact that the demand for models is just so much that people, some of the studios don't feel that they should have to pay uh, much better dollars than what they should? That's one reason. The other reason is piracy. So as videos leak and they go to my Vister Pornhub, a lot of these companies can't afford to keep their memberships active. So people used to pay for porn, whereas now it's like if you can get it for free, nobody's going to pay for a membership to a site, which makes the site shut down. So they oh, can't wow. pay the model. Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's really similar to like the music industry. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it works the same way. Wow. So in, so in this particular case, so from the time that you've started, to the time that where you are now, because people consider you to be, I know I, I read pretty about previous articles mentioned that you still have the issue of being a star. Yeah, you know, because people consider your body of work, you have a lot, a lot of body of work. You definitely do great things. They follow you. So when people, when you say the word adult star, what exactly, I mean, do you feel that you've kind of gotten to a level that people say, you know what? You know, Excel, man, you know, that that's one of those guys I want to be like him. Do you ever consider yourself to be there yet, to be something that people say he's he is an actual adult star or a star within this industry? I mean, I mean, if you're asking me honestly, not really, because like, even if I travel, there are certain people who may not even know who I am. I'm very, like, normal and very regular. I don't really want to be seen. I'm really proud of it. So it's like, if I'm out in public, more than likely people may recognize me, but I don't uh, entertain it for too long. Okay. I just, I I don't know. It's like, I don't consider myself a bar. It's just like, I like creating content. I like, you know, foregoing a black male aesthetic of, you know, looking good and having fun and being sexual and intimate. But I don't really, I don't really care for the fame aspect of it. It's pretty invasive. Okay. Now, because definitely when it comes to the adult film industry, Especially within yeah. you know the gay gay community, it's considered to be a a pretty still a pretty big thing, and, and not just gay, just yeah. also across the board, you know, because of the, you're creating that fantasy. And so now, when you see the differences now, you know, of course, now you kind of open up another line of question when it comes to privacy. But when it comes to the industry in itself, have what are you seeing between from the time that you started till now? Has it been getting better? Has it been getting worse? I mean, what exactly do you see? And, you know, it's just my opinion. It, it may differ. I feel like it's getting worse in a sense only because, you know, maybe 10, 9 years ago, you could do a video, a branch off, work with other companies, you know, uh, on the regular, get paid a decent amount. And it was fun. Like, there's a element of, like, okay, this is fun. I'm a porn star. I like doing this. Now it's just kind of like uh, contractual work. It's like as soon as you get a gig or you get a scene, you have to apply to several other studios and hope that they will hire you. More than likely, they, they won't. They just don't like spending money. So it's just like it's harder to get consistent work. Some people now, they do one or two scenes and then they stop or they can't find any other work, especially in the black gay porn industry. Now, I can't speak on the other side, but I know a lot of models here in Atlanta, they cannot get work at all. It's just like they did a few scenes, and then that was it. You know, it's a little harder to kind of get work now. Whereas maybe eight, nine years ago, you could apply to several different studios. They would easily fly you out there, come to you, film. Like, you know, it was a little bit more flexible. Wow. 
So, I mean, is it be, now let me ask you this. Is the number of studios going down or increasing? Um, I would say the number of professional, like, professional studios are going down. Independent amateur studios are starting back up. The thing about that is it's like they don't pay as much as a professional studio. So you are a male professional studio. There's certain people now that operate. You'll get certain residuals from it, or you can sell certain memberships, but it won't. It won't be the exact amount that you would get from maybe two singing. You know what I mean? It's, the difference in payment is pretty extreme. Wow. So uh, now, be, now of course, and you you threw out the fact that you know being black is uh, be, that particular. Is it mainly because the industry, as far as the fan base is more dominated by white males, and so therefore they prefer to see more white males on the on the screen. Or what? What would it be? I would disagree. Uh, I don't think the fan base. I don't. I don't think gay porn in general is a fan base dominated by white males. I think um, you know it's it's a good mix. It's a mix of Latinos, blacks, uh, even Asians. Like there's a lot of people who look at porn who are different races. It's just that for some reason. Uh, the black studios don't stay in business long enough to where they can continue to thrive. And a lot of mainstream white studios either have really, really good funding to where they will kind of never shut down, like men.com and, um, you know, some various other ones. But it's just like, you can look at the black studios, you'll notice they don't put out scenes on the regular anymore because they just don't have the means to do so. And, you know, that's just, I don't really know why that's happened, but that's something I've noticed uh, since I started. Is there many black studios out there? Not Well, honestly, no, not too many. There's a, a handful now. So, but, they, but think about it, there, like, there used to be many, like, with, uh, you know, uh, I can't name anybody right now, because I'm on the spot, but like, Flavorworks had several studios open. My first studio, Tagas, that was one. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of black studios that aren't in business anymore. Focus, like there's, there's several that don't make any content because it's just like they don't have the need to make that content anymore. Wow. So when it, when it comes down to the life of an adult film star in terms of getting that consistent work, I mean, how many... Yeah. And it really sounds like it really is kind of going down for a minute. I didn't really think about that. So say within a year... Uh, well, let me ask you this. Go within five years. Base, if it continues on this particular trend, what do you see for a lot of stars out there that's, you know, a lot of adult film stars who are considered to be popular, considered to be, you know, you know, the cream of the crop here? What do you see in the next five to 10 years? Um, and that, you know, this is really opinionated, but it's just like that's a personal choice because even myself, um, I do what I can to make sure that I can get as much work as possible, but it's not easy. Like, I'm sending emails, I'm ass-kissing, like, I'm doing as much social work as I can just to make sure that, you know, I pay my rent. Like, that's, you know, that's how I do that. But uh, in a sense, they either may, they probably already have a real job. They have no need to continue porn anymore. They just retire. They either retire or, you know, they try to get new work. There is no other options. You know, it's just like once you're in the industry, you have a choice on do I continue making scenes or do I quit altogether? Right. You know, it, it was an experience, it was a fun experience, I want to do something different, you know, and, and most times they leave. You know, they leave a legacy, but it's their choice to leave if they want to leave. No, no, it sounded like to me, because when you said that you sent out the email, so therefore you don't operate, the industry doesn't seem to operate with agents representing the stars and that doesn't happen? That's not Something that's uh, something that's really done. That that does happen. There are some models who do have uh, agents. They have certain agencies they they book through. I will tell you factually, just from what I see, that is more so on the mainstream white side. They can afford to pay their agents. They get fifteen percent. They can afford to do that. A lot of black models, including myself, we don't have that privilege. We just we don't do that. We have to send emails ourselves. We have to send our own social media accounts out, hoping that they select us. Like that's how that usually works. Wow. Yeah. So th- you know, again, you're opening up my eyes a little bit when it comes down to the industry. And it's, the funny part about it is when you think of black males, you know, especially on a content level, 
is not just being promoted just to black uh, uh to black audiences it's being promoted everywhere because of fetishes because of uh fantasies because of all these particular things so i'm i'm at least what i'm observing i'm thinking to myself the market for uh a lot of minority men whether latino or black should definitely still be high so i'm still kind of you would think yeah you would think so the pattern that normally happens is you'll have a you know, wide array of like different models, all black, different races, Latino, and you'll have maybe five of like the top players, like the, like the cream of the crop. So those cream of the crop people, the top tier models, they'll get looked more than those other people, mainly because they have a name. So it's like there may be a lot of, you know, hot, attractive black gay male porn stars, but there's only a select few chosen. It's, you know, it's really similar to like, uh, affirmative action in a sense. It's like, okay, well, a, a studio may say, okay, well, we need a black guy for this shoot. So pick the most popular one. That's exactly what they do. Wow. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not, this is just being honest. Like that's, right. I've seen it. That's what they do. It's, um, you know, it's current. It's about how popular you are, how many followers you have. If you're riding that train of being a trend, then you're more likely to get hired. Wow. So it really, to me, actually does sound like the music industry. Because even right now, the music industry, they look at, it's almost like you develop a following prior to even really getting a contract, right? You basically make sure you put your music out on SoundCloud. You make sure you get new songs out of time. You keep driving and do performance, et cetera, getting that audience before even coming to. But one thing I've noticed about the music industry is that, and it seems like I'm also seeing that within the adult film industry, the music industry these days, quite frankly, don't need a studio. They really don't need a studio anymore. Are you? And now when I look at adult film actors, they're going out there doing strip clubs. They're going to uh, do their own scenes and some and independent when it comes to uh, only fans. There you go. So I'm looking at those particular opportunities that are now beginning to open a lot more. Do you see a lot of guys going that direction and saying, you know what? If I'm not going to get picked up by a studio, I can do it on my own. Are, are those avenues opening up a lot more are you seeing a lot of guys going that direction uh absolutely you know that's the counter that's kind of like the counter attack to you know the segregation issues like a lot of black models especially here in atlanta perhaps there's a few of them they have very popular only fan stages and they make a lot of money through that so see the thing is it's so competitive because that's really similar to you know kind of like releasing a selection of scenes that are amateur quality. So the quality is in the studio already. It may be less than 4K. It may be 720p. These are like phone videos. Yeah. But they're phone phone videos. So it's like you have to compete with a studio on that level so people can subscribe to you and pay you as much as you would make from a booking from a real studio. And it's hard to match that. It's like you can probably get away with this for five months if you're if you're normal and you have an OnlyFans, but if you're a top tier OnlyFans person, that's like you have to do a lot of work, in other words, to make money from OnlyFans. Because there's there's so many people with an OnlyFans account, so it's just way too competitive. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well yeah, if you if you really think about it, of course everybody got a budget, so you can't spend money. Yeah, every, every, <laughs> everybody is gonna buy Ten ninety nine subscription for every single person they're attracted to. Exactly. They they pick the people with the best quality, and those people rise to the top, and they make the most from OnlyFans. And you know, the other people just don't. You know, it's not as uh, lucrative. Wow. So when it comes, I don't don't even have. I don't even have an OnlyFans. I've never uh, created one. I've been told to make one several times. Um, I just, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not in a position to where I feel like I need one right now. Like okay. when I need one, I'll make one. But right now, it's just like I, I don't really want one. I don't know. Is it because of the fact that you pretty much you have a, a nice clientele? I mean, like I said, you know, Chichi Larue, she just told me about you know. So that she definitely wanted to work with you for quite some time. So therefore, you guys got work with each other. or I already have worked with each other, and it, it seems yeah, I, I recently worked with uh, Chichi, and it was great. And I will be back to work with her again. Yeah. This month. 
Yeah, she 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 indicated that she definitely she definitely enjoyed it. And and the thing about it is I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if the audience, you know the audience is there, uh the capability for you to make on more independently, I guess you could say, with on your know, fans only uh com, only fans, et cetera, and or opportunities, et cetera, like that, but to to where you still don't feel that you're quite there yet, why? Is it because you still have a nice steady clientele that really desires your work and, and consistently requests you? It's probably that, but realistically it's the you know, the it's the real time nature of taking my phone, finding people, telling them I'm trying to record, possibly paying them. You know, it's like you in a sense you're creating your own self made studio once you have an OnlyFans because you can't just make one video. You're expected to do a video a week, sometimes three videos a week, and you have to keep that up for so long. I just think with my schedule, I just don't have the time for it. Perhaps I just don't really want to do it. I mean, I have sex, you know, seemingly a lot on film, but in my private life, like a very, I'm very chill. Like I'm not, I'm not fucking somebody every day yeah. in order to record them. You know, it's like sometimes when I do a scene, I may not have had sex for like a full month and I'm doing a scene. And it's just me and that person giving each other like intimacy. Like I don't really hook up as often to make an OnlyFans. You know, when it comes down to a day in a life of an adult film star, what is that? What does it look like? <laughs> um, I would probably say the first thing is like the gym, especially now. You know, uh, anybody professional usually is the gym you know, maybe three times, four times a week, uh, constantly grooming ourselves, making sure we look good, uh, eating, whatever we want to eat. Um, you know, like, I, I guess that, like, you know, you'll have work maybe set up every two weeks, you'll have a booking, you know, and you'll do that booking, you'll come back, gym, relax, have fun, you know, promote yourself on social media. Like, it, it, it's a good mix, you know, I can't, I can only see for myself. I can't see for every other adult. Right, right. You know, you know. Were you working uh, a nine, regular ninety-five job while you were building your audience and, and putting up your reputation there? Yeah, and the, and the reason I was so private is because I didn't want people coming back to my real job with you know more information or just to out me. I'm really uh, nice in person. I'm really nice online, so people haven't really been that evil or, you know, cruel to do that. So I've been really lucky throughout the years to keep my real job and still work in the adult industry. It's like, it's a good balance for me personally. It's like, I can be serious during the day, at night or on weekends. I can have my kind of sexual, uh, you know, ho side come out and it feels really good, liberated. So like, for me, it's, it's a balance. Like I work a real job and I do adult uh, film entertainment. And I'm, and I'm allowed. I'm not in politics, I'm not, and I'm not in education, so it's not really a hindrance to my job. Okay. When it comes to the lifespan of an adult film star, what's the average number of years you say people are in and they're out? Um, shit, like, back in the day, oh, let me see, maybe six years ago, I think a lifespan would be five years. Now, if you're joining adult videos in 2018, I would honestly say two, two years. Whoa. It's like, there's only, there's, yeah, honestly two, because it's like there's only so many places you can go and nobody knows where, uh, you know, nobody knows which studio will still be active. It's like with so many different like studios shutting down, not enough studios opening up. We don't really know how long we have as far as, like, work goes. So, like, you take the work and you can get it, but it's, it's like, never promised. You know, it's very much that kind of Hollywood cliche. It's like, well, once you got a gig, okay, that's great. Work, get paid, but make sure that you have another one coming up soon or, you know, you're not going to eat. Like, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. Wow. It, it definitely... It definitely seems like, you know, those who actually come into this industry, you better know exactly what you're dealing with prior to even coming in. Uh, you know, yeah. now let me ask you in terms of escorting. 
you know, because the thing about it is, I think uh, it's I don't know, or I, I get the impression that I thought strip clubs as well as um, actors go hand in hand. But you know what? It seemed like to me that's also probably not spoken as much is escorting. Is that also something that is still maybe not spoken enough or but is definitely a part of the industry? Um, You know, honestly, uh, I escort, but it is very separate from the porn industry. When you when you do porn, you're there to film the video. You're there to promote your scene. You're there to be your porn star name. But it doesn't really coincide with escorting. Escorting, you have to create like a rentman account. It used to be Rent Boy. And then you kind of, you know, put your phone number out online and you let people contact you that way. And it, you know, it kind of goes from there. That's typically what I do, um, you know, in addition to my real job and porn. Because I, I just, I like to make money, but that's just what I do. But it is really separate. It's like that's a separate thing that you have to do. That's almost like that would be the side of the whole to porn. Like, so escorting as a side hustle, porn may be the main career if you get paid well enough. Wow. So when it comes to any sort of relationship or someone coming into the life of Excel as it stands right now, would you really have time for a relationship? Um, I've dated someone uh, at an ex. We dated for three and a half years. Okay. It's a good relationship. And it, and it didn't end because of uh, the porn, it just ended because we kind of grew apart and uh, he moved out of state and we weren't really getting along anymore. So it was pretty normal and natural. Um, but honestly, after that, I'm not really dating anybody. Like I'll, like I'll hook up occasionally. It's really rare when I do, but you know, like it's got to be a certain guy I'm into and you know, we can go from there, hang out, play video games, if they have similar interests to mine. You know, like, we can, like, hang out, have sex, but I, I don't hang out. So I'm just not, I'm not in that zone. Right. I don't want to date anyone anymore. <laughs> and that sounds bad, but it's just, like, I'm really enjoying being single yeah. right now. But you know that, and for some, you know what, that may be okay. You know, definitely. I mean, what I've observed, you know, and again, I'm not, what I even told Chi-Chi is, like, you know, I... A normal like everybody else. I will. I will every now and then go to Twitter. Go, go <laughs> every now and then go on Tumblr and you know check out the scene. Some actors. I say, you know, who is that guy? You know. But the thing about it is, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I am doing this, and especially because I've seen some people promote that they're going to uh, this particular club to dance. Is dancing also something that is kind of common? for majority of the guys out there, or there's just something that, again, it's just another side hustle. And it, you know, it comes and goes. Yeah. yeah. And you know, dancing has its own kind of promotion popularity. If you're a dancer, more than likely you can kind of transition to modeling and then adult film work. Like it, that all kind of coincides uh, with each other too. Um, but escorting is a little separate because people can be really scared to kind of ask for an escort because, you know, it's still, in their sense, illegal prostitution. But even though it's consensual sex, I'm not going to get into that argument, but it's just like a lot of people are scared to ask for, hey, like I want to have sex with you. I'll, I'll pay you. How do I go about that? I even get emails now um, of certain people scared to just openly say that, you know? Right, right. So, and what, what, it is really Why do you find that is still something that is scary to just come right out and ask? I uh, just, I mean, I, I really think society kind of demonizes uh, sex work to where, you know, they place just a moral value on paying for sex. But honestly, in a sense, to me, everybody pays for sex. It's like, you may not be admitting it, but in a sense, it's like if you go on a date and it's a bad date and you spend money on a meal, you buy gifts, you date someone for a good month, it doesn't work out, it's terrible, you hate the person. I mean, in a sense, that's still a financial burden that you place on yourself, and you could have just got an escort for the same process, and it would have been less stressful. <laughs> I mean, I meet, I mean, I mean, I meet certain people with that same like mindset. Like they'll either be married, but they they aren't living with their spouse, and they still want a higher escort. They they need affection. They want intimacy with somebody else. To me, that'll never be. A crime. I don't think that that's illegal. Consensual sex shouldn't be illegal. It 
You know, again, the the persona. There's a certain persona that you see this person on film, and and, and don't get me wrong, a lot of people kind of develop their own ideas, uh, but but that's also part of the fantasy. Um, have you ever been, uh, you know, when it comes to again, this part of the life of uh, an adult film actor, stalked by anybody, or you know, have definitely had the wrong interactions with fans? Um, absolutely. Yeah, I've been stalked. Uh, you know. Online, maybe some trolls may bash me. Um, overall, I'm to the point now where I've been doing this for like six years. It doesn't really phase me anymore because like my family knows what I do. They accept me for that, especially like my dad. My dad's really cool about it. There is like one situation where somebody thought they were trying to out me or expose me by uh, mentioning that I did porn in front of my father. And my father, again, my father's very overprotective. He does not mind like standing up for me in any in any way possible, you know. So it's just like I have a really good family, I have a really good support system. So I don't, you know, it's like I don't really let the drama uh, get to me often. Right. It happens. I may speak on it, but it's not often I let it get to me. Any stalkers, like usually they're they're dealt with. Whether it's a court case, whether it's physical violence or retaliation for me, uh, which has, has not happened recently, but I'm just saying it, it's gotten to that point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big boy. I can defend myself. You know, right. So that's, that's not really a problem. Now, you know, uh, again, one of the articles I did read in regards to body insecurities, is that something that, uh, you know, because there's a lot of guys who are extremely buff, and there's some guys who are who are not, and it actually adds oh, is perfectly fine for their image. Is that something that is still a every now and then concern for you? I like to be. I'm really honest with you know my supporters, my fans, and even studios. I'll tell them straight out. Like I like to eat. You know, I was born in New Orleans. <laughs> I love seafood. I love donuts. I love pastries. So it's like. You know, casually, we need to look a certain way on film, so we need a six-pack, we need super bulging muscles, I get that. Normally, I can give some of that, but at times, it's like, it's summer, and I'm enjoying my summer, and I'm, like, eating, and I'm not really worrying about a diet. I, I just kind of say, fuck it. Like, I'm just like, you know, the studio will accept me as I am, and, you know, if I'm attractive enough, it'll pass, but, like, I don't, I try not to take that too seriously, because it really can uh, fucked up your mindset. Like, then you're thinking about, oh, I gotta look this way every day. I gotta look this way constantly. Like, that's how a body is. Body dysmorphia happens when right. you don't feel comfortable with the way you look and somebody else is telling you how you should look. So you're constantly trying to change that. To me, I, I just don't, I just don't like that. I've never, uh, been a fan of that. To me, it's like, I'll do my best to look as healthy, muscular, and beautiful as possible. But, you know, I, I'm not going to kill myself over it. And in the past, I've talked to studios, and what, what kind of started this is like I was applying to a couple of different studios, and they, I got an email back, and they said, um, you know, we love your pics, you have a great face, but uh, you're a little too fat. And to me, I was a 175. Like, I didn't think I was fat at all. I just probably didn't have a six pack, but I was being all fat. Right. And like the damage that you can have on someone by calling them fat and they're in the industry based on their image it just seems really destructive so right. it's just like I'm not going to allow somebody else to have that power over me so I just you know I kind of separate it like that are a lot of guys out there driven by the, the body image to the point where you know steroids come into play or they're working out three or four times a day do you see that a lot? Uh, yeah. yeah I mean certain people use certain people don't Certain people do it the natural way. That there has to be a certain discipline in someone to say, I want to, you know, work this hard on my body to where I look a certain way. I try my best. I'll be really honest. Like, I try my best. I'm certainly not at a top performance level of looking ultra buff all the time. I like to look very natural. Studios may hire me because I look very natural. And it works. It, it really depends on the model. It depends on the person. You know, because you can be buff, but that doesn't exactly mean you'll make a great porn star just because you're buff. That doesn't 
that doesn't mean that you'll look great, but you actually have to perform and, you know, have the mindset to kind of power through these games and have the image for it too. Like, that also matters. What does make a great porn star? I'm not sure that's really based on perception or not, but on film, what does make and translate it as to be, you know, a really good thing on film? What makes a good porn star? Um, someone who can kind of hop in and out of sexual attractions to people on set. Sometimes you're going to get third models that you aren't attracted to, but you have to still do the scene. And you do it because you want the viewers to be happy. And in a sense, you're a performer at that point. So it's just like you're performing for an audience. If you have that in your head, automatically you're a good porn star. Because that's the point of the job. The point of the job is to perform in front of the camera as best as you can, top ability, using personal skills, using things you, you know, you fantasize about, you want other people to fantasize about. Just, you know, something kind of fun, liberating, and free. If you have that energy, then typically you're a good porn star. You're not just laying there and getting fucked. People who just lay there still, like a dead body, not really moving, that I guess would be the definition of a bad porn star, but you have to have like a little energy, personality, you know, you have to have like a certain vibe with it. So, so is that more of on the touch? Is it more in the eyes? Is it more, especially if you, you know, you see that you're not necessarily attracted to that person. Do you find something about that person that you really are focused on to say, you know, to kind of please yourself? I mean, it's a lot of mind tricks. It sounds like. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even, I don't even mean this physical attraction because I'm, I'm attracted to people that some people may feel are not attractive. What I mean by that is just like personality wise. I meet a lot of people who are kind of bitchy, really, mean, uh, very messy, and those are people that I, I will get turned off on set if I see that. To me, I don't want to, I don't want to fuck you if you're talking shit about other co-stars, or you're talking shit about the director, or you're talking shit about me, but then you still want me to fuck you for the scene. I just, you know, that's when I kind of lose attraction. Oh, wow. I've been in situations where I've had to power through it. It's just like, hey, that may have happened, but you still need to check. <laughs> so yeah, do and and get, you know get it done. And to me, that mentality of just like getting it done, if you have that in you, then I, I feel like you'll be successful. How long does an actual scene take? I mean, because of course you, I can see it happening over and over again. Look at this angle, that angle. I'm thinking to myself, this has got to be an all day thing. <laughs> How many hours on yeah. that you really are dealing with, you know, scenes? Um, it really depends. Uh, just you know, it really depends. If I've had experience with certain mainstream studios holding me for a full day, sometimes nine, eight hours. A solo shoot may take three and a half hours, if you think about it. To constantly change the lights. It depends on how many models you have, if you have any backdrop, you know, uh, pre-workout, oil, you know, all of that may take two to three hours just for a photo shoot. The actual scene is obviously longer, so that can range anywhere from three to four hours sometimes, depending on whether the person gets hard, if weather is weird, if the shoot is outside. Every, you know, there's a bunch of different variables, but mainstream studios normally, it's like a full 10-hour day. If it's like a smaller studio, it may be two hours. You can like get in and out. Right. There's nothing. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of curious though, because if, if you know a lot of people, especially when it comes down to uh, a lot of the studios who are not, especially African-American studios who are not necessarily being um, successful in, in terms of staying open in terms of because uh, I'm thinking to myself there's got to be tons of actors that will still want to be part of the industry that's number one but then then again speak at the speaking Chi 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 you know made it seem a little bit different to where it is not always a lot of people looking to get into the industry and so you know he she did mention that goes a lot on Twitter and kind of looks for talent a lot. Um, is that is you know, but there seems to be a lot of talent for you. Is that correct? And I mean, in that sense, Chi Chi is a mainstream director of a you know mainly white foreign company. So from that perspective, I don't know. I don't really know that full perspective. I right. can only speak on right what I know from living in Atlanta. 
having a very large black gay uh, fan base and group of people who do want to do porn, but they can't get hired. Gotcha. That's the main reason. That's the main reason they make OnlyFans pages is because they could never get booked. And they'll look at me like, oh, well, what are you doing? How are you working with all these studios? And I'm like, well, I'm sending emails out. I'm like ass kissing. I'm like really playing the game. So I can get work if I need, I, I, like I need it. For me, that's, that's my income. You know, I live a certain lifestyle and I like to keep that up, but it's, it's hard. Like I would be lying to you if I told you it was just easy. Oh, I'm getting games left and right. I'm not doing anything. Like that's a total lie. Like I send emails out. I've even removed my own porn videos from like my visitor and porn hub so people don't see it and they don't feel it. Like gotcha. that's the first thing. Wow. You know, so wow. Yeah, on my end, I do a lot of work to make sure that I stay at a certain level. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Now, when it came out that when I spoke to him uh, about equal pay, and apparently that was something that a lot of the actors, as African-American actors, were asking, okay, am I getting paid the same as the white actor? <laughs> so, and in, once he discovered that, he made sure that everyone was paid the same. In terms of that equal pay among studios, have you come across situations where, you know, especially with, you know, a lot of other studios of, you know, different ethnicities, et cetera, that there is definitely a difference in pay between because of your race or just because of your position that, you know, maybe playing in the film? It's, I mean, like, it's definitely because of race. Again, this is like one of those things. Like, it's whenever I tell people anything racially about porn, it's just kind of like I say, look at it like the actual film industry. It's like, in a sense, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, even black actors aren't paid what white actors are paid. We get it equally the same. It's just like, you know, it's really the same thing. It's like I've worked for studios who have plainly told me they were underpaying me because they didn't know who I was. Clearly, I have a long resume. They're like, oh, we've never heard you before. So oh, I'm going to give you dollars Meanwhile, the other white model may get uh, 1500 You may get a grant. You know, and that's not even a lot, but I was, I'm literally talking like I've been offered any, I'm talking third of certain people's incomes. So that's absolutely true. Black people are, and especially black models, they're just not paid the same. I don't know how to keep that up or to kind of prove that now, but I know they're kind of getting a lot of backlash for it. They do their best to reverse it, but it was pretty blatantly racist the past five, six years. At mainstream white studios, it was pretty. It was pretty obvious. They would let you know you weren't going to get paid much. They did not mind telling you that. Now wow. they care about public image, so they clean it up. They'll. They don't really. They don't get into detail about it because they don't want it to come back to them to harm them, or they don't want bad press. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Uh, interesting. So they. They. Okay. So they. So they do care to a degree as long as the the average public doesn't necessarily know what things they're doing. You know, so, okay. In that sense, it is like the, the movie industry. Cause if I, if I remember Forrest Gump, uh, Forrest Gump, uh, being the fact that it was such a popular movie, but the author did not get a lot of money for that, doing that for, you know, giving the rights or they really gave him pennies. And so it wasn't actually until the movies, uh, movie studios to say, let's give him a little bit more was when it actually got out into the public eye. And people start to, so, okay, so that, that really does, does show that there's, that the, the, the public really does have muscle in regards to that. And they, you know, bad publicity is still a concern for a lot of studios, even adult film showing, at least to me, that, that having a nice strong audience that follows you, those strong followers really is important because they can also come to your rescue when you need them. Yeah. I mean, there's been situations with other models, uh, other than myself. Um, who have made statements are like, hey, you know, this this guy got paid obviously more than me. They posted a picture of the email, and of course, you know, that's backlash. And you're not supposed to do that. They give you a disclosure form to where you're not really supposed to share that information. But the person who did share it, it's like once that gets out, it's automatically viewed as racism. So they try their best to clean it up, and they don't want to lose. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to lose their, you know, their audience or their memberships. So they try their best to kind of reverse it, you know, delete it, whatever it takes to kind of erase that negativity or racist image. They usually will try to trick people into doing. So they'll pay 
don't say anything, or if you're new, or if you're even a, a veteran model and they don't really know you because they probably aren't looking at ebony or black horn, then they will underbait you. That's just, you know, that's how it is. How much longer would Excel say that he has in this industry? Um, <laughs> I feel like if you're asking me, I was gonna retire two years ago. I've like been in several situations with studios where I'm just like, oh, God, I don't do this again. But I find a way to still do it. I just, I don't know. There's something about it I enjoy. Uh, the experience is kind of new each time. It's kind of fun and different each time. I'm learning certain things and observing certain things with each shoot that I do. So for me, it's just kind of like I enjoy it so much, but I don't. I don't really know. Um, I'll probably continue for maybe the next two years and just kind of stop. But maybe maybe two more years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so two more years. So after that, what will be the plan? The, the exit strategy. I mean, I will just tell people I'm retiring. I just wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't get on a plane and shoot anymore. But, I mean, all, other than that, I would be the same. My Twitter would be the same. My public outreach would be the same. Like, my voice would be the same. I would still escort. I mean, even with a real job that I have, I'm still going to escort. Like, I like meeting different people. I like networking in that way. I mean, a wide variety of interesting people. Um, I travel the world, honestly. To me, like, I, I have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Know? I don't, I don't see escort and stopping, but as far as foreign, this is my longevity. I feel like I have like two years left and then that's it. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I would think that with you know, the knowledge that you've gained through the years of knowing the ins and outs in the industry, what to do, what not to do, maybe even writing a book or w- working with the studio, not necessarily in front of the camera, but behind the camera. Uh, behind the camera in some cases or behind the, you know, the desk in some cases. Has that ever been something that, you know, to, to all this knowledge that not necessarily to just kind of go away, but necessarily to utilize in a different manner? Um, absolutely. I planned on filming for Dogtown USA, but they're located in New York. So it's a little hard to do, uh, from Atlanta. Um, so that was kind of a failed dream, but. You know, read it raw, black brain production. She was been really cool. He's let me write scripts. Like, you know, he gives people the chance to film if they want to film. Like, there's certain studios that will kind of let you do it. If they trust your judgment, they know who you are, they see your vision. They'll like, they'll let you do it if you're curious enough about it. So it definitely lets you engage in that, you know, directorial side of the behind the scenes. Is that something you see yourself ever trying? I think once I finish filming and I'm not as jaded or pressed, <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably be in a stage where I am directing people. I don't want my own site though. I, I I don't want to hire people and pay them separately and keep them on a list. I would love to direct though. I would I am a photographer. Um so that's something I already feel. So it's like I have directed certain scenes. I have, you know, uh, photographed people, you know, as as models. Like I've, I've done that. So I'll continue to do that. Okay. So that so I mean that there could possibly be a little bit more to Excel right after when everything is all said and done. Oh yeah, most of us. I'm not. Yeah, like you know, I hope whatever content I put out feels enjoyable. You know, I try to give my best and my personality and to whatever I do. And a lot of people see me for who I am, and they appreciate it. And, you know, there's a small amount of people who don't. And, you know, it's, that's pretty much it. So it's like, I feel like I'm doing what I want to do, and it's beneficial, uh, not only to me, but to other people who may want to know, you know, the industry. So. You know what I've also noticed when it comes to you? I've also noticed it seems like you're a person that really drives and really goes by the energy. It seems like that seems to be something that kind of comes up in previous articles in terms of the person's energy. How is that for you? Am I am I off by saying that? No, that's one hundred percent. I'm very uh, energy based. I don't deal with anything that would harm my spirit or bring me negative energy. If I have to by force, it's normally. I'm really, I'm really angry the whole time and I'm really passionate about it, but I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it like for myself. And normally that comes across 
still in a good way because it's like I'm motivated to do it because it's so negative. Gotcha. Well, I mean, you, so you can see yourself more of a person who's spiritual in a sense and does everything to protect that 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 comfort of staying of peace within. Is that is that far fetched or not? Yeah, of course. That's, that's, that's me every day. Yeah, that's like you know, that's what life is about. Honestly, it's like you know, people are told what to be. You know, we have these goals and aspirations, and beyond that, there is stress. There is stress. Am I good enough? Am I making enough money? Am I where I want to be financially? Do I look good enough? And it's like, beyond all of that, which can be negative, you do have to find a positive side to that by trying to, like, you know, cope with certain things. So it's like, I'm in a very negative industry, most people would say. Um, but to me, it's like, you can turn it into a positive just depending on your outlook. You know, it's like, it depends on how you go about it. Gotcha. But, um, I always try to be very free-spirited and just open. I like to have fun. Like, you know, that's just my personality. Well, one thing's for sure, XL, you definitely gave us a lot, gave us a lot of understanding of what it really is to be, number one, in the industry, because it's such a, a fantasy-filled, uh, you know, event results, I should say, from all those actions that it, it portrays to be a certain way, but it's a lot of hustle and bustle in this thing. <laughs> Is, is definitely something that, you know, for those who are planning to come into this particular industry, you better know exactly what you're getting into, understand the studios, uh, your outlets, and, you know, what, what the, uh, the good and the bad is about it. So let me tell you that I really appreciate you giving a very candid, a very honest interview. I really appreciate that because, like I said, to get, to actually capture that on a podcast, I don't know if really, people really get a lot of podcast requests. Uh, for for this type of interview, do you? Um, not really. I haven't done an interview like this in maybe a year. I do certain. I, I've done a pod, I've done a podcast two years ago, and maybe some online articles, which I'm also pretty honest about. But it's just like I don't. I don't want to lie. Like I don't want to give you a false uh, painting of what I do or fabricate it by making myself seem bigger than I am. Like to me, I know who I am. Like I do what I want to do. I'm very honest about what I go through because I care about, you know, I care about the industry, especially the black industry. That's why I'm very uh, socially active. And it's like, that matters to me because in two years, if I'm not working anymore, somebody may not know who I am or they made this part just because of my race. Right. So if I'm not gonna, I, I certainly can't ignore um, what we go through in the industry. I mean, certain, there's certain models just like, they try not to see it. They don't want to talk about it. They feel like they're out in the studio. They talk about racism. It's like, no, you can still work for the studio, make your money, but be honest about what's going on. Like, that does matter. Like, I don't want to paint a false picture of people and glamorize something that isn't as glamorous. Right. You know, that would, that would, that would be real. That would be true. Right. Again, thank you so much, XL, for coming on Brother Speed Podcast. And let me tell you, like I said, I'll definitely post all your information. Of course, you've done a slew of videos, so I'll just simply just give your website. I don't need to point out every video you've done. Uh, but definitely <laughs> but definitely point out uh, where they can actually find you, follow you, etc. And this is Chris with Brother Speed Podcast and XL signing off. Have a wonderful day.